Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. It's Nick Bradley here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business for this week. We are back, 15 minutes to action, my shorter form episode where I intend for you to have a listen, take something away, and be able to apply it to your business from the outset. Getting some fantastic feedback from everybody about these episodes. So I'm going to keep on doing them. I get lots of people in the Scale Up Your Business community asking all sorts of questions literally every day about various topics of business and scale up and entrepreneurship. And if you haven't joined that community, please do so because a lot of the inspiration for these episodes comes from that. And if you'd like any of your specific questions answered by me, I also host a Monday night live, which is 8 p.m. in the UK every single Monday. It's on my Facebook page. It's a Facebook Live, and a lot of people are getting heaps and heaps of value from that as well. So today, I'm going to get into a topic which is broadly around business strategy and to some extent marketing. I've covered brands before. I've talked about value propositions before in some of my earlier episodes, kind of in the first 20 that I ever did win those topics because they're such hot topics. But people still get confused by this. So I want to spend a bit of time today talking about one of the most important components of proposition and brand. And that's being super, super clear on who your ideal customer is. Now, it sounds crazy when I explain to you what I see, and I see this again day in, day out. But just take on board what I'm going to say and see if this applies to kind of where you are. So Lots of entrepreneurs, when they start their business, they come up with a a product-centric approach. So they come up with a great product or a great service, and they then try and take that out to market. The problem with that is that you are starting from a bias, which is about you or your business, not about your most important stakeholder in all of this, which is your customer. So I always advise to say, start with the customer first. Start with understanding what their problems are first. Get very, very intimate about that. And then you can start to work on whether you have a solution, be that a product or a service to that problem. And you'd be surprised how many people, once they start to kind of play around with that concept and really start to think deeply about who their ideal customer is, how they have to then change their product or service to be able to um, meet a need and then be able to create something that's commercially viable. And I'll give you an example of that. So again, we've, we've sort of recording this through COVID. It is July 2020 here. And a lot of businesses that maybe haven't been as customer centric through the whole pandemic have found it really, really hard to pivot and to do something else. And I've seen that quite a lot. And and the businesses that have done really well, or have certainly not done as, as badly as some of the others are the ones that are constantly speaking to their customers, constantly have that dialogue and that narrative and are then able to react because they're, they're thinking about what the market needs. So the question I get all the time, I think people understand the context, is how do you do this stuff, Nick? Because it's all well and good saying that, you know, you've got to have an ideal customer and sometimes it's called a persona. Other times it's called an avatar, all these kind of crazy marketing names. What does all that mean? So what I want to do today is I want to get you super focused on how you can be clear on who your ideal customer is and some tools to look into, um, which again, 
I won't be able to go through them in absolute detail, but I'd like you to listen to this podcast, get some inspiration. And certainly if this is a need that you have to go and work on, then you can go and look at this stuff and I'll make sure I post some things in the show notes. So the first thing I want to talk about is what we call an archetype. Now, the, the term a brand archetype comes from Carl Jung. Now, if you don't know who Carl Jung is, he's quite an interesting person to do some research on. He was born in the sort of late 1800s and is a Swiss psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, and he founded what we call analytical psychology. And I'd go as far as to say he's one of the sort of founding fathers of what we now understand as, as really effective and impactful brand marketing. Because he believed that models, if you like, he created these models, these concepts, these archetypes. And he, he said that they were models of people. They were models of behaviors or personality. And he suggested that we're all sort of have these tendencies inborn in us and they play a role that influences both our behavior and the behaviors of others. So what's interesting about it from a branding perspective is that the framework that he created, which again, I'll link in the show notes, is almost like building human personas around brand personas. And what that simply means, and I'll kind of give some examples around that, is if, if you have a similar set of values to some of the archetypes I'll mention in a minute, then if a brand can understand that and can build itself in terms of what it looks like, what it stands for, design, colors, you know, mission, purpose, all those sort of things, if it can align all those things with a certain persona of its audience, of who it wants to most appeal to, then what's going to happen is that person either consciously or in some cases subconsciously is going to create trust towards that brand. And you could argue this is a little bit manipulative, but it's just purely how the human psychology works. You know, we tend to align with things that align with us. We hang out with people who, you know, align with our values and standards. And sometimes when you get people who have conflicts or anything like that. And you'll see this maybe in, you know, families or friends or whatever, you, you'll notice that it's because there's a conflict between values. You know, people have one set of expectations and they're different from another's. So I'm going to give you some ideas about what this means. So the way Carl Jung talk, talk about this was archetypes are the heartbeat of a brand. They convey a meaning that makes customers relate to them as if it was alive. Okay. Now I, I, I get this comes across a bit ethereal, but let me kind of explain a couple of things and it'll make more sense. So the archetypes, there's 12 of them in total. And some of them are like the explorer, the magician, the hero, the lover, the ruler, the creator. So they're all kind of types of personas and they all sort of stand for different things. So if I take the ruler, for example, that archetype is very much around structure and control. So people who like to have control, like to have structure, they are deemed the ruler, a brand that resonates well, or certainly tries to build its archetype around that is Rolex. You know, it has that esteemed kind of premier position, that kind of prestige brand. Um, another one is the creator, which is all around still structure, but about innovation and a brand that aligns with the creator archetype is something like Apple. And then you kind of go into some of the really fun ones like the outlaw. So the outlaw is all about freedom, liberation, leaving a legacy and brands that play in that space are like Harley Davidson. And then something like the hero, the hero is about mastery. And again, it's still about leaving a legacy. It's in that play, but it's about that kind of mastery of, of something. And one of the brands that really typifies that and plays in that space is Nike. So that kind of gives you an idea about how this works. And the reason I want to share this with you today as a structure is that this is the starting point for creating your target persona. And what I advise to people is this, 
you are going to have a business where you can have probably no more than two archetypes, which are going to be the ideal customers for who you want to appeal to. And this is where I, I suggest playing around with the Pareto principle of 80-20. So what I mean by that is 80% of the volume of your, of your products and services that you sell or 80% of the revenue that you make is going to come from one archetype. And that's going to be your core audience. And then 20% is going to come from another archetype. Now, the reason I sort of don't clearly state whether it's, it's the amount of business that you have with them or it's the value, it depends. See, in one of my businesses, 80% of the volume of work comes from one archetype, but the other archetype, which is 20%, we, we have the ability to sell at a much higher price point. So in some cases, the value is not as, as equally distributed as the 80-20 would suggest. But the important thing here is you need to, you need to sort of pin your business yourself to the mast of these two archetypes and you need to build everything around them. So there's a piece there where let's say, for example, you have the, the outlaw, the outlaw is your key archetype. So they have got some very, very clear um, needs, if you like. And, and from that, they, they need to kind of make sure that, you know, you, you stand for what they stand for and you also stand against. So the motto of the outlaw may be something like, uh, rules are meant to be broken. So they have this kind of romantic ideal of, of people who disrupt society. They, they kind of try and challenge tyranny, repression, cynicism, etc. And they have this kind of desire to kind of revenge or, 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 or revolutionize something, but they have fears of things like being powerless and thing, and that sort of stuff. So, you know, obviously I mentioned Harley Davidson, but Virgin would fit into that, into that world as well. If we take um, another one here that I haven't mentioned, the Explorer. So the Explorer, their motto might be something, you only get one life, make it count. And so they desire to find out who they really are through exploring things, exploring the world, having adventures, and they fear getting trapped, conforming, you know, not being themselves. And if you think about brands like that, um, it's quite a powerful space, but you've got like, you know, the North Face or Patagonia, who operate in those sort of things, but there's a, there's an implied freedom around that particular archetype. And then I'll give you one more just for fun. So the magician, so the magician believes anything can happen. You know, they want to make dreams come true. They fear unanticipated negative consequences. So they, you know, if you think about that, what brands really kind of scream that, well, the one that's obviously, you know, right out there is, is Disney. So, so what you want to think about here, and again, I, I don't want to make these 15 minutes to actions too much theory. They are about action. You want to be starting your, your, your thinking around your target persona, looking at this type of information. So definitely go and look at Carl Jung's work on this. And as you start to play around with it, you need to ask some pretty powerful questions. And those powerful questions come from really going into the depth of type of person that, that you're trying to appeal to. So, you know, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are their demographics, their psychographics? What's their mindset? What's the compelling event that happens that means that they are going to look for you? They're going to search you out. And then it's about how do they find you? What makes them want to engage with you? What makes them want to come back? If, you, if they are a customer, they want to come back to you for more. And what values, beliefs drive their decision-making? The biggest thing you can think about here when you, when you do this work is fully understanding problems to be solved, challenges, thinking about how high the risk is if those challenges are not solved for that, that archetype, for that persona, 
and then looking at your solution, your product and service, where I began this episode today to make sure that you meet or certainly over deliver against those challenges and meet those needs. Okay. So, so just to get really clear, I'm, I'm conscious that this is kind of out there, but when you start to look into this, it will make a lot of sense for you. You're going to have no more than two. One of them is going to be the main person that you most want to appeal to from a brand perspective. And then there's going to be another one that's kind of in the periphery, but still makes sense for who you, who you want to appeal to. Most importantly, you need to get really deep. You need to understand that person or that persona intimately so you understand their problems. What's the really thing that's keeping them up at night? What's the thing that they must solve? If they don't solve, it's going to nag at them forever. And the risk of that or the opportunity to some extent, if they don't do it, what's going to happen? But if they do do it, what's going to happen? So you've got that whole pleasure and pain thing coming across. And then, and then you've got to match your solutions. And I've seen where I've seen this work really, really well is particularly businesses that have lost their way. They might be going to scale up and things are changing. And then what they do is they go back and they revisit this. And then what they find is that the person that they thought was their audience has changed. And then they have to therefore either change and go after a new market, which is not something I recommend. I think you just need to evolve as your customer evolves. Certainly if there is still a need that you can satisfy, but it does then move you into this idea of how do I develop my products and services so that I can meet that need. So that's where I want to kind of finish on today is I'm going to leave you um, a little bit of work to kind of play around with this. But if you haven't spent time thinking about that ideal customer in this way, then you are definitely missing an opportunity. I think these days, the idea of being too general, particularly for in scale up is a risk and you're much better appealing or or meaning something or meaning a lot to, to somebody and trying to, you know, not try and be everything to everybody. And it's really, really hard sometimes to do that in in our psychology because we think if we niche down to one type of persona, we're going to miss out on everything else. But the real truth of it is the more generalist you are, the more you don't stand out and the more you can become just a commodity. You're just the same as everyone else. Whereas if you can be the best in the world at solving a problem for one very specific type of audience, one archetype, one, one kind of persona avatar, you're going to have what we call cut through. You're going to stand out as being different, but being different to the person who matters most, the person who's going to be responsible for that driving, that growing, that scaling of your business. Okay. So lots to take in here today. As I said, if you haven't done this work, it's a lot of fun. It can be quite challenging. You use this stuff to then, you know, decide everything creatively in your business, everything from business cards to websites, But most importantly, when you're starting to write copy for your website, for marketing funnels, lead generation on LinkedIn, all of it comes down to being super, super clear on these personas, these archetypes. So do the work. Once you've done the work, life will become so much more easier, um, even though it might be a little bit painful in the beginning because this stuff does, you know, as I said, it does come across a bit ethereal. So that's it for today. 15 minutes to action. How do you decide on who your ideal customer is? I hope it's been useful. And as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now.